Thanks for tuning in to the Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. This show is intended to highlight marketing and conversion techniques taught by today's leaders in the ecom world. I'll be interviewing the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good. I'm your host, Samir Al Kamuni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. If you enjoy anything from today's episode, I highly recommend checking out fetchfunnel.com and sign up for our email newsletter where I promise to only send you content you can learn from and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique brand crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Hey everyone, welcome back to an exciting episode of Ecom Growth Leaders. I am super honored to be talking with the great Simon Leslie today. Simon, thank you so much for joining. We're, Simon is the, the founder and CEO of, of Inc. Global, which is one of the largest marketplaces to get your brand in front of pretty much the fastest growing audience there is right now, travelers. Simon, thank you so much for joining. I, I like the great... That's even better than sir. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to just start off by maybe talking a little about, about Inc. Global and, and just having, yeah, having you tell our audience a, a bit about it and, and, you know, what the brand is all about. Well, we're a, a startup. We started 28 years ago. And over the last uh, 24 months, we've had to reinvent ourselves a little bit. So it's, it, 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 it's an exciting story. And, and, I, and I think the story is still being curated. If I'm if I'm really honest, we're, we are we're re re reimagining the traveller journey. And you know why it's really exciting right now is you know, the airlines and the airports they can't cope with the with the audience that's coming through it, and the demand we called revenge travel is coming back. And uh, so let me, let me tell you about all the different products that we do today and. That hopefully answer the question. We started out as a, as a, as just a traditional publisher, so we produced in-flight magazines, and up until 2019, that was our bread and butter. We had 36 airlines. We produced everything in the magazines. So we told the stories, we sold the ads, we distributed them, we put them on the planes, and then along came this pesky pandemic, and we had to look at what else we could do. Whilst in the background, we had a TV network at the airport. We had a retargeting business, which was working with one or two airlines, and now it's got 13 airlines. And all of a sudden, we we realised that the as as the as the pandemic was going to finish, that the the audience would come back. Now, nobody thought they would come back as quickly as they did. You know where they are today. They predicted would happen in 2023, at the end of 2023. So that's what all the chaos in the world is right now. Is that so many people want to travel and what we've created is this marketplace where you can reach them so if you have a brand wherever your brand is in whatever part of the world 
I can help you get your brand in front of Asian consumers, Australian consumers, European consumers, American consumers, every part of their journey, be it inspiration when they're thinking about what they want to do. So if you're searching for Miami, I can, can send you messages about things in Miami. Perspiration, when you're sweating and you're running through the airport trying to catch a plane and trying to avoid the other millions of people <laughs> squashing you, that's our, that's our hotspot. We've got the Wi-Fi at the airport. We've got screens at the airport where we're playing our great content every single day. To the relaxation where you're in the hotels or you're in the destinations and we provide lots of information on all the destinations around the world. So that's, in a nutshell, what we do. We take you through the journey, we inspire you, and we bring relevant brands to talk to you about what they do as well. That's awesome. And and I, I, I loved what we were talking about before we hit record about, uh, and, I, and I think it'd be good for the audience to, to hear it as well, about... Uh, not thinking about travelers as just this random demographic or this type of person or something like that, that it's just, it's just a, an affluent audience that you can get in front of. It was pretty much just normal people, <laughs> but you could, you could get in front of them potentially at a really great time for your product. But on the other hand, you know, could, could, even if it doesn't relate to what their activity is at that time, it's still just a really good audience to get in front of. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the the funny thing is, as you were as you were speaking, then it sort of triggered this thing in my mind that they, it was it's always been my biggest bugbear. If I sit in an agency, if I sit with a client, if I sit with a tourism board, they go, "Yeah, but we're not really interested in travellers." I said, "Well, who are you interested in?" And they'll they'll go through this list of things. I said, "Okay, and where are they?" Well, a lot of the ones we want to reach are somewhere else, or they're going somewhere, or they're doing something. I said, how much advertising do we do to people in their offices? Very little. You know, when they're sat at home in their, and their TV's on, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, th there's always a distraction. There's always a, a skip button, or there's always a pause button. There's always a reason not to have to watch your advertising. I've got these consumers both got arms, legs, eyes, real people, no bots, no computers, who are doing something that involves having their credit card in their hand, involves them spending money. I mean, you can buy a bottle of water in Costco for 25 cents. You can buy a bottle of water in, in a corner shop for a dollar. You can go to a nice restaurant and it'll cost you two dollars, three dollars. You go to an airport, you've got to pay twelve dollars for a bottle of water. You think <laughs> You know, that tells you a lot about a lot about the audience. Yep. Yep. That's why I got my water bottle with my filter in it. <laughs> <laughs> Saves me forty bucks every time I get to an airport. <laughs> but I mean I don't think I've ever been to an airport where I haven't spent seventy, eighty bucks on a couple of meals and a yep. glass of wine while I'm waiting for Yeah, my but but it's interesting because it is an audience that's also like has the time at that moment as well, right? There's certainly some people that are in a rush and they're running late, but like if they're sitting on the plane and they're looking at that magazine, like it's, I always see people looking at it and they're absorbing it, right? And it's sort of like, when was the last time that person even looked at a magazine? And, right, and, and I'm sitting at the airport and like there was, I remember just recently there was a great watch ad, a huge banner, and it was this really great ad and like it was very, you know, aspirational. And I immediately looked it up on my phone and was looking at that model and how much it cost. And then boom, of course, now I'm being retargeted to for, for months on end, right? And Absolutely. And, I, and, the, and the other thing is a two or three, three screen issue. 
So if you're sat at home, you got your laptop on your on your lap, you got your phone on your lap, you got two remote controls. There is there is this, you know, people imagine that you're in this very relaxed state. You've got a lot of competition for your eyeballs. <laughs> when you're in the airport, you've got the same thing, but I've got the Wi-Fi, so when you want to log on to the Wi-Fi, I've got a message that will deliver you. So I, I've managed to capture both screens. So if you're on your screen, I can talk to you. If you're staring up at my screen with my watches, I can talk to you. And But also I can tell stories. And that's the thing that I think is really important to brands today. Look, over the next six months, doing whatever you do in whatever industry you do is going to get tougher. And, and you're going to have to change your margins you're gonna to have to change your story you're gonna to have to do something and it's going to be really important that you spend your money wisely targeting the people you want to reach and and i think the thing that the sort of the underlying message i want to set, sort of leave with you and the listeners is i've got your client i've got them i've got them i don't know what message they're going to react to i don't know what they're going to buy but i've definitely got them because i know you want this guy He's got a nice suit on. He's got nice shoes. He, you know, he's obviously got he's obviously got a few dollars to his, to his name. What we're going to sell him next is up to you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Especially with the current gas prices and the price of, of flights happening right now, it's uh, it's everything's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and now you you could also market to someone who's sat at home who's not traveling, who's not going anywhere, who's got no money anyway. And, you know, it's still searching for something else. Yep. Yeah, you got it. But I love that you talked about about storytelling. I love to kind of dig into that. I mean, you know, talking about the importance of storytelling, but, you know, how, like, how do you, do you have any tips on, on how brands should be telling their story, you know, so that it makes them stand out just from everybody else? I think it's all about trust. There's, 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 a, there's so much noise and and the thing that's going to differentiate your brand from the from the next brand is the trust. You know, I, I looked at Cannes the last week. You know, there was all these people coming out of Cannes with their stories, and and Gary V was probably the most vocal at Cannes in terms of stop pebble dashing everybody and get to get to narrow marketing rather than width marketing because that's what everyone's been doing, which is. Just spray and pray, and now he's saying, "Look, identify who your customer is, and then just keep keep hitting him with various different messages at various points in his life that are relevant to him. Because yep. if you do that, you're going to at some point he's going to convert and be a customer. And I think that's what the story's got to be. You need to understand why your customer will buy your product, and then you tell them that story in different ways at different points of their of their life cycle or whatever they're doing yeah no absolutely i i I love that and and i think that you know i think you hit the nail on the head and it's probably important to be putting your 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 key differentiation points at at at, at times and there's times to you know use those testimonials and and those types of things and you can even use those testimonials as part of your storytelling but i think you know just what you said as well like where is your customer you know in your journey and speak, you have to speak to them at that time about the, the right message and, 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 you know, what they're, yeah, what, what are they going through at that time? You know, what phase of your funnel are they, you know, in the consideration phase and then, and then 
not only that, but like make sure you send them to the right destination too. I think a lot of brands sometimes forget that as well. They just keep sending everybody back to their homepage or something like that. <laughs> I'll give you a really good example. I can think of two products that I, I've been marketed to and I wanted to buy. And, and I could think about this 15 years ago when a, an advertiser turned around to me and said, yeah, I put an ad in your magazine. It didn't work. And, and, and the first thing my salesperson wanted to do was go, well, let's give him a cheap ad and just resell him and give him another one to try again. And I said, no, I want to understand what went wrong because he had a great offer. It was, you know, we ran the ad. It went in the audience. So I started following the, the cycle. I phoned up the telephone number. I tried to book it. Guess what? They couldn't book it because they, didn't, they hadn't told their answering service that, the, that this product existed. Yeah. So, so unless you follow the 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 chain through, like you said, to the to the right place, you don't know that something's going wrong within the cycle. Now they're blaming the media, they're blaming the agency, they're blaming everybody, but actually it was a, it was an internal issue in their own business. I tried to buy round those round ball round ball ice cube makers. Mm-hmm. Great, they got me. I've just bought you know a whole new. Um, Drinks kit, I thought, I want one of those. I go through the process, oh, I can't check out properly. I'll go to Amazon and buy it. So you guys did a brilliant job of inspiring me to buy something, but then I went somewhere else and bought it because you didn't do a good job at being able to close the deal. Yeah, yep. Yeah, super important. You you got to be testing everything you you set up. I mean, it's 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 an interesting one because I've you know I'll even ask clients sort of when was the last time they checked out on their own website, right, and gone through that process. I mean, we we had a client who had rebuilt their website entirely onto a new platform and. Like we couldn't add a ton of products to cart. Like it just wouldn't even work. And they were, it was the exact same thing. They were sort of blaming us. The media spend wasn't performing very well. And then we were like, we can't add to cart. <laughs> Forget the <laughs> checkout. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, but, you know, I'm curious as we're, we're talking about, you know, mixing the media mix up, right? I, I think it's super important in this day and age. Everyone's interested in, in, and getting out of Facebook or spending less there, and they're trying to figure out where to go. I think a lot of brands are getting shiny object syndrome, let's call it, right? And and they're like, let's try TikTok or, hey, we thought about Pinterest in the past, but we never did it. Should we, you know, should we try that? And and I'm curious sort of, you know, what role should, should A, some of the traditional media plagues, I know you, you, you know, you do quite a bit of traditional media, but then also sort of the more, the more programmatic type of, of, of marketing as well. I, I'm trying to design the perfect campaign now. And we're testing because we've got so many different platforms now. We're testing different ones with do we add an influencer in here? Do we add a TV ad in here? Do we add a magazine ad in here? Do we add an editorial piece? Do we do a piece to camera with you know with with the CEO where they talk about their brand in a in a talking head type piece? And what what we're seeing is the more media you mix into the mix, the more touch points that people see your brand, the better your storytelling is the better results are. I mean, we're seeing unbelievable results on TikTok through the programmatic. Only a few of our airlines are, are, are plugged into to TikTok, but the ones that are, some of the campaigns are getting insane views. Now, does that mean, you know, that's converting to business? Who knows? But 
but in terms of being making sure that we're getting brands in front of the audience they want to reach, you know, what I'm doing is I'm filtering airline audiences on top of TikTok. I'm filtering airline audiences on top of Facebook. That gives you a, a an advantage that Facebook and TikTok don't even have because they don't know that those people are, you know, the, the cream of the crop in terms of consumer. Well, and they then they wiped out all the third party data, right? That's the 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 Cambridge Analytica scandal and whatnot. And then Facebook said, "Okay, we're done with with all the third party." And actually, that was when we started getting the best results from Snapchat because Snapchat still had the data logics and the Visa and the Mastercard and all the, the third party data, right? But and, and so they've wiped that out. And and it's interesting because I I think that's that's a a lot of the preaching that we'll do to clients around programmatic, right? Is because these platforms and everybody has first party data and that's great. And certainly Google and Facebook probably have some of the best first party data out there. But when you marry the first party data with the third party data, that's, I feel like where the magic happens because you can build these highly targeted audiences that are, you know, yeah, that, that are to your earlier point, like the right person, you know, and getting your product in front of them at the right time. Uh, absolutely, and 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 I've got, I think one of the things that differentiates us is we we found the wizards, you know, in the, in the uh, Wizards of Oz, right? You know, it's the the guy behind the curtain. How does he make it happen? We found a good number of those on on each continent, and they and they they know how to work the system, and they know how to make sure that we're getting better results, and and you don't have to spend as much money to get better results but the, but it, it's still a leap of faith with a lot of advertisers because they're so scared of coming off the crack that they don't want to they don't want to change what's giving them enough of their return yeah no and and that makes a lot of sense and then i, and I feel like we were kind of talking about it earlier and and i think you, you just touched upon it briefly but i want to dig a little bit deeper into it but you know we're as we're talking about you know programmatic or or businesses trying to expand into other channels no matter what it is, um, you know, you, you touched upon that, that they have to be doing the storytelling. They have to be getting the right content in front of, you know, the right creative in front of people. Um, but, you know, how I, I think it's it's an important piece to also mention, like you have to give it an honest shot, too. You can't just use this one piece of creative. Hey, we know this worked on Instagram stories. Let's roll it on a TikTok. Oh, it didn't work. TikTok's not for us um, exactly. or whatever channel it is. I've been saying that for, for 30 years. People would give me an ad that they ran in the local newspaper or the local magazine, and they put the same ad in an in-flight magazine. I'm saying, it doesn't take that much longer to just do something for the audience. Talk to your audience the way they want to be communicated with. I think that's why influencer marketing works so well, because they understand their audience so so precisely. And they go, you know, I, you know, I see a lot of campaigns on influencer marketing, and they go, I'm not going to promote this. I'm going to waste your money. You know, they're confident enough to say, I'm not going to do it because my audience will just reject me. I'll just get, I'll probably lose a load of followers because I've promoted something that they don't, that doesn't match with my own beliefs. Yeah. And, and it's the same with advertising. If you don't create a message, which is, and, and it's not one, by the way. Yep. You know, we, we have one client that gives us 127 different versions and they're measuring them all. I mean, it takes us longer to put the things up than the ads run for. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and that's too much. That's overkill because you can never you can never really measure properly. But it but it is 
you know, you've got to do a lot of testing to get it right. But once you find the the formula, it's 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 you don't have to switch it off. We've got clients now been running a year and the ROAS is just off the Richter. Yeah, and Casey Neistat's one of my favorite filmmakers and, and advertising, you know, content creators. And I think he had one where he he got like I think it was twenty five thousand dollars for the ad budget and or for the budget for the promo and he just he like went and just helped typhoon victims and that's all he did. And then he shot an entire video about him going and bringing all these resources and everything to these victims. And to the same point, right. He was just like, this is what people want right now. And this is what's going to do well. And this is going to get a hundred times more views than me saying if your product's good or not, or even a little blip about it. And yeah. And, and that's true. And, and, yeah, I mean, I think it's an important piece, too, for brands to be thinking about the brand awareness play, too, right? I think that we were talking about that as well, where brands just kind of want this constant ROI in return, but the brand awareness done the right way can actually bring way more results, even in a, and it doesn't take long, but can bring yeah a lot better results than just sort of going after this conversion and trying to push the sale and trying to push you know someone to purchase the product i i wouldn't want to be a cmo in the next 6 months you know i think you know their 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 careers are always pretty short i think it's 8 months for a, for a senior you know for a, for a major corporation but right now they are going to be so scared about making decisions and doing stuff which is the ones that will win now are the people who are brave enough to really take some to take some chances. I hope to see that brands suddenly say, "We're going to start increasing our budget," and they're they're, they're the ones that are going to win this year, and 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 if it carries on into next year, you know they're going to have to start doing things like say which are relevant, current, in line with it. Give away free gas. Give away, give away food. Vet. I don't know. Do something which is going to say. You know, our brand cares about our consumers and we're, you know, we're everything we buy, we're going to donate 500 bucks to somebody's gas and electric bills. And I think the, the whole marketing approach, this is this is the other thing that came out of can was this whole greenwashing stuff is it's not working. It's about sustainability. It's about how do we keep going year after year after year? Because no one cares. No one cares that you're donating a pair of shoes to somebody else because that doesn't affect me and my community right now around me you know i want to see what you're doing right here do what you're doing in america what are you doing in paris what are you doing in rome yep that's what's really important right now what does your brand stand for and i think there's a lot of re-education that people have got to do and and then you've got the destination marketing which i which i'm obviously very very close to if i was a destination i'd probably sit on my hands and clap them right now because I can't even cope with the, you know, the queues coming into my city. You know, I'm trying to go into, I went into Paris last week. It was an hour and a half to get out of the airport. I mean, that whole experience, that the, the joys of going through just to get to your destination is, is, is uncomfortable. So there's lots of work they've got to do to make the whole buying experience uh, a better place. Yep. Yeah. I just... Flew through Dublin and that was they, people aren't couldn't get into the airport. <laughs> that was the whole thing happening there right now. Uh, they make you queue outside in the rain. It's fantastic, right? Yeah, you got it. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm curious on that note too, though for for brands to be, yeah, I mean, it, I 
you know, I guess on that note, like for, for brands to, you know, be not trying to follow the trends and trying to stick out themselves, right. And differentiate themselves. Um, I mean, do you have any, you know, advice for them on like how to be thinking about that or, or, or how to, how to do that? Cause they think a lot of brands, they, it's just so easy to, to be like, well, we'll plant a tree or we'll do the thing or whatever. Right. Or we'll do the carbon neutral shipping or whatever it is. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying that stuff's bad, but like, that's the bare minimum bar here. <laughs> right. Like, that's not the reason I'm buying your brand. Exactly. That's not what I. That's not what I'm really interested in. And and I think consumers are becoming, you know, and if we do go into recession, they're going to be less and less bothered about that. They want to know: Can you get that price down? Can you make it a bit cheaper? Otherwise, I'm not going to buy it. Yep. So so I think that I think there's a a whole re-education, and I think it's there is no trend. <laughs> the trend the trend is there's no trend, and you're going to create you're going to create your own trends. And that's what happens when when markets get a bit tougher, is that those who are brave enough to do silly things or do things which are going to... You know, I I did a campaign when we were working with the tourism board to run a campaign that plays at 8 o'clock in every city across the world. So if you're in Times Square or you're in Shenzhen, at 8 o'clock at night, this same ad will run. And then we've got drones taking video of of each of the ads as they're playing and then we'll make a video of it and then obviously that will get some viral follow on it that's what i want brands to do to do clever things like that and then you know get to the beaches and you know we we one of the funniest ones we ever did was you know there's this thing between the brits and the germans the germans always put their towels down first they get to the beach first to put their towels down before the brits get down so we just got a load of towels done with EasyJet, which is the airline. And we went down and we just plastered every beach with, you know, this is, this is a British chair. This is a British. <laughs> and that, you know, again, then you get your exposure, you get your noise and you get, and you get people talking about what you're doing. And I think that's a trend that you need to create is by being different. Yeah. You get a bunch of free PR, you name it. Yeah. And, but Absolutely. it's interesting because, because, I feel like I've been coming up against this this hurdle recently, even with some of our own clients. And I think you work with a lot of, I mean, I know that you work with a lot of, you know, very prominent brands that are, you know, probably wanting to withhold some sort of status or, you know, high quality, you know, of, of, of luxury feel, whatever it is. And, but then they're almost afraid to sort of step out of the box and and be a little goofy and you know be a little bit silly and i and i and it's it's interesting because i my assumption is this is why a lot of these luxury brands are actually avoiding tiktok because they're like well we we're not going to do silly dance routines and snap of the finger and outfit changes and different things right and they're like well you know we we, we're going to avoid that altogether because it's just not it's not for us or it's not a, a playground that we should that we can play in but I mean, you guys have come up with so many different unique marketing campaigns over the years. I mean, how how do you kind of convince brands to to be able to 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 get you know be able to be just be willing to do out of the box type of campaigns like that that do have the virality component and do perform so well because they you know they do have a level of humility and you know excitement and things that people will be talking about versus just that luxury you know oh that's a nice aspirational thing but i'm not going to tell anybody about that i i think that every major brand and i hear this from multiple agencies are, are really scared right now scared to do anything that's out of the box and i think what that does it presents opportunities for smaller 
niche, unique, fearless brands to really to grab this moment. And you know, I'm working with as many as I can to encourage them to to, to take risks. You know, we, we did a, we did a deal today with a couple of tourism airlines and airports. We put it together, and we are you know we really are going to push the boat out in terms of cabs, billboards, airports, drinks gardens. You know, br- bringing part of a United States destination into London into a into a tube station. So we're we're we're, we're really looking at things that people are going to talk about it in a way that. They've never talked. That, that's not what they would have done before. They would have just literally bought some ads on the airline website, take some ads in the London media, and that's it. We've done a whole campaign which follows the consumer. Anybody searching, not just for that destination, but any destination within, you know, spitting distance that they might be thinking of going and saying, right, this is the message we're going to do. We're going to encourage you to come and try this as a destination. The beautiful thing about what we can do then is because we're working with the airlines and the airports, we can actually show uptick in terms of how many more people bought tickets, how many more people visited that destination. So we really are giving them a fantastic, um, not, not just a marketing campaign, but actually right the way through to the same as you would do as a return on investment. But I can, I can physically see how many more tickets we sold. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, that's, that's a lot of the programmatic angle. I, I feel like too, right? A lot of people are kind of looking at it as, as uh, a display and, and view through, but I think there's a lot of these types of campaigns that you can actually measure a lot. Like you can measure a lot of performance and, and yeah, and, and really see results from. Um, performance isn't about results either. Right. So I just want it, to, it's, it's, it's a, it's a challenging conversation to have with a marketeer. <laughs> You know, I used to have an advert on my wall in my kitchen when I was 18, 19, which was a Sunseeker ad, and it said, many dream but few achieve. Now, that advert did so much for me in terms of my career, developed my belief system. I didn't buy a Sunseeker until I was, or even own a Sunseeker until I was like 40, right? So it took 22 years for them to get a return on their investment to me. But they got it, right? And that's, the, the, you know, is that the buying cycle? You know, how many people buy a Sunseeker? Not that many. But just any brand, you do not know when your consumer's going to be ready to buy. And you don't know if, you know, my kids went on that Sunseeker. They, they love that boat. Maybe they'll buy that boat when they get a bit older. <laughs> but that's, what, that's real marketing. That's, what marketing. that's how marketing works. It isn't just about, well, I spent $10, I want $12 back. Because that's not what it is. Because that means that's just saying your whole brand marketing is short term. I, I'm not going to be here in 10 years' time when I'm going to be selling the same product. I am literally selling a product and I expect to be gone out of business within two years. Yep. And that's what your marketing is telling people. And I, and I think people have got to go and look, take a hard look in the mirror and say, no, no, that's not what it's about. I'm, I'm, I'm here for good. I'm, you know, I want this brand to be around forever. <coughs> and that's not what your marketing message is telling people. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I mean, I, I think it's, 
it's interesting too because like as right now everyone has this fear of of cookies disappearing in the near future and online privacy and you know not being able to track results as much or or right and 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 all of those types of issues and and everyone's coming with like you know the the issues that it you know it poses for their business but you know they don't really want to talk about the opportunities of of overcoming those challenges with really unique things that could actually have more success than sort of the direct to consumer traditional, you know, just got to get a purchase and a high row ass and go, 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 go. And like you said, very short term, you know, mindset behind it. The only measurement that matters is, is your business great? Does the marketing that we're doing for you, is it helping you grow today, tomorrow? And because there's this, you know, if it is a long-term business and it isn't just about, you know, you've got to get through this month and sell enough widgets, then that that's fine. But if it's a long-term buy, if it's a long-term business with a long-term storytelling, then that is all about marketing. And your marketing cannot be short-term marketing. It cannot be, I've got to sell enough widgets. Because that doesn't last forever. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um I'm curious, what excites you the most in the year ahead? Oh, I mean, I hope there's a huge recession. Because <laughs> if there is, I'm not taking part. Because um, I think there'll be, there'll be fantastic opportunity for us to work with amazing brands to do some amazing things to get the market share. I remember in 2007 or 2008, we worked with a brand called Untucket, which everybody knows now, but back then no one knew who they were. They were just two ex-bankers who created these shirts you didn't tuck in your, in your pants. And uh, I saw lots of cool brands come out of that period, and I think we'll see that happen again now. And uh, we're, we're going to help them do it. We, we told their story. They realized that they wanted to reach people like them. They spent most of their life traveling around, going to conferences, events, and business meetings. And we were the we were the de facto supplier. That was just one product back then. You know, with all the products we've got today, we really can help tell people tell their stories. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm curious. I'd, I'd I'd love to kind of dig just a little bit into your your. I think you've got a kind of a new venture here that's coming up, and and I think it potentially poses a, a nice opportunity for our audience of of the the ways that you're able to to target. Uh, their their target market, right? I think I think we made the point earlier of 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 you know most of the brands that are probably listening to this podcast, you know, their target market is people who are traveling. Um, and I think you have a really unique kind of opportunity to to get in front of them. We'd love to kind of talk about that a little bit. People who are spending that that's what they want to they want to reach. People who are buying they want buyers, not lookers, not tire kickers. I think the 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 overlay of taking advertising with data capture with brand uh, building is, is an exciting thing that we've put together. And we're, we're testing this now with both influencer marketing, with TV advertising, print advertising, uh, Facebook advertising, where we're, where we're introducing competitions, giveaways, and we're seeing the return on some of those investments, some of the data that they're capturing it's fantastic. And then that gives you an audience that we know are interested in your product. We know that that have prepared to transfer their data in return for a prize of some sort. Because that's all it is. It's just, you know, 
Are you, am I prepared to exchange my data in order to, to find out some more information about you? And we're seeing, we're seeing a fantastic um, take up in that, certainly from advertisers who, who are actually throwing quite great prizes at it. You know, they might not be a holiday company or they might not be a luggage company, but they'll buy something and they'll, they'll sponsor a competition where they'll say, we're going to give away luggage or we'll give you the, the price of your flight today back. You know, here's an opportunity to win the price of your day back. And, you know, it's brought to you by, you know, myswimsuit.com or whatever it is. Or, you know, you can have your swimsuit for life with a chance to win your swimsuit for life. Things which are, which you think, okay, that, that's going to appeal to some and it's not going to appeal to others. But then I can target women travellers. I can target um, travellers who I know are searching for a holiday because... The, you know, the first website somebody goes to when they book the ticket, 90% of people go to a fashion website. It's, it, and this is the information I got from the airlines. So they know from the minute they book the ticket, the first place they're going is to go and buy a bikini, a yep. swimsuit, a dress or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's huge. Yep. Now, that's great if you're a fashion brand, but you don't know they've just booked the ticket. I do. I've got your customer. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what they say to me? Oh, yeah, but we can get them anyway. And I said, "Go, yeah, be my guest. Keep going. You'll get them, but you've got to find another hundred million that look yeah, like them. Cost you well. twenty times more <laughs> to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, and, and it makes sense, right? You're you're gonna go. You're gonna travel in the middle of winter. You're not going to a department store and buying a bathing suit in the winter, right? It's impossible. We've all been there. Um, yeah, no, it, it makes sense. And and I and I think even other brands who aren't travel specific too, to your point, right? It doesn't you don't need to be the bathing suit, you don't need to be the suitcase, you don't need to be any of that. You can you can just be a normal brand and and you know, your audience is still, you know, you still like to your point, you still want someone who's willing to spend money and you know, they've, 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 they're intelligent and at some point, right. They've done enough research to book a flight and all those types of things. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I can tell you some of my biggest advertisers, Zenny, you know, I wear, okay. These, they do sell sunglasses, but most of the stuff that people buy through us are just eyewear. Um, you know, they're not a travel brand, but this has been there. You know, they've they've been supporting this sector for, you know, four or five years, and you know they've grown tremendously. You know, are you going to say, "Oh, we attribute all that to to the travel sector"? No, but it certainly helped. You know, and and that's 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 the way you should be looking at your marketing. Is like, okay, if I do all this stuff, my performance should go up. If I do a lot of stuff and Okay, I've made two or three percent growth, and but you're not building a brand, you're not building a business. Yep. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm curious, what advice would you give to to other founders that are are trying to break through to certain ceilings? Right? Maybe they're trying to break the five million mark, or the ten million mark, or the or the twenty million mark. I, I always used to have people come to me and go, "Can I do what Untucket are doing?" And I go, "Sure." Spend a couple of million dollars, you can't. Well, I haven't got that. I said, well, then you can't do what I took it did. And, and that, that's the thing. Is I want, I want, and these founders are going to be brave. You know, we turned away a couple of clients this week who didn't have enough money. I said, look, go away. Don't wait. We don't want to take your money off of you. You know, because it's very hard. It's very, it's very easy for me to take the money and go, okay, I spent it. You didn't get a return. But I want to do a proper job. I'd rather you go away and, and, and 
go to your investors or find somebody, let's do something properly. If we do something properly, we'll then be able to deliver something useful for you. So I, I really would say to you, just make sure you're, you're not just bootstrapping your business. You've got, you've got the right, you've got the right action plan. Sometimes it takes time. You've got to build it up and you've got to do lots of stuff to get there, but you've also got to create partnerships and friendships with people who are doing the things that you want to do and work with them. Talk to us. You know, I've, I've done deals with brands where they've come to me and said, look, I haven't got any money. I'll give you some equity. I'll give you something. And you know, can you help me promote this? We've done that as well. And we've had some great success with that. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. We we had uh, an, an awesome father and son duo on the podcast uh, a few months back and called John's Crazy Socks. And they were just like bootstrapped, you know, really struggling, essentially a few mistakes away from bankruptcy, essentially, right? Yeah. And it's a high inventory type of model. And uh, they found the right strategic partner who ended up being the largest sock manufacturer in, in the world. You know, they made some large investments in it as well. And like literally now they have, they're the largest sock retailer in the world, I think, or something like that. Right? And, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's important, right? And, and uh, I, I always love when they say on, on Shark Tank, right? Would you rather have, you know, 60% of this huge business or 100% of nothing or whatever the numbers are, right? And it's, it's so true. Right, I, I think but, it is. But if you if you've got a travel product or you've got something that want that is so perfect for this, and you just haven't got the money, come and talk to us. We have an incubator fund which will help you know will help companies get off the ground. We've got um, Urbanizers is one that we work with where they they it's a travel app where you put your favourite places in it, and uh, we've been helping them grow in there. Their, their user base is great, but it's still still really early in the in. They're like the Pinterest for travel, mm. where you where you put all the your favorite places in the city, and then you can share them with your friends. Um, so we, we we're definitely open to helping brands grow and just doing some crazy things, you know. And I, and I think this is this is a moment in time where if people are a bit brave, a bit crazy, they, there's an opportunity to really gain market share. And and I. I like companies somewhere between, you know, fifteen hundred and five hundred, not the top five hundred. You know, those who who are playing it in the market, but they haven't quite found the the leap up. And then that this is their moment where they're going to start taking over. You're going to start seeing people fall out the top five hundred and and new entrants come in. I love that. So uh, big big takeaway: be willing to take the risks and and be willing to think outside the box, but. Make sure you're doing the storytelling component right. Don't be afraid to to fail, but you know, also, yeah, just just try different things and, and try unique things, and yeah, don't just, just don't just keep trying to uh, squeeze more lemon juice out of the same lemon that you've been <laughs> squeezing for far too long. <laughs> find your find your bravery muscle. I mean, it's it's one of those things that someone told me. A couple of years ago, You've, you know, it's a muscle that's not been used enough and it's not strong. You know, and the, the more brave you are, that muscle gets stronger. And, uh, you know, you know who your customers I know you. I know I've got your customer. I know I've got your audience. You've just got to, to convince me to get that message in front of them. Love it. Um, in closing, any good book recommendations, anything you've been reading lately or, or anything even previously that you'd recommend? 
I mean, I've got three books now. My new one is out, which is tells the story of the last two years as a uh, uh, as a CEO in crisis. So, I think anybody who's in business should probably read that because at some point they're going to need that playbook, which was uh, it's called Equanimity. Um, it's on Amazon and 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 if Audible get their act together, it should be on Audible this week as well. And I've got to say, if you are going to read that book, listen to it. The the uh, narrator is an English national opera. Uh, thespian and he just does such a brilliant job of telling the story and the emotions and everything that went through that I went through as well which is uh, which is lovely awesome I'm, I'm a big audible uh, guy so I'll, I'll get it the second it it, get, it gets on there good man thanks so much Simon for for being on here and and giving such great advice I, I really appreciate it no I really enjoyed it and again you can find me all over social media reach out if you've got an idea and your bravery muscles not kicks in, let's talk. And definitely encourage everybody who's who's thinking about it or, or in the market to check out Ink Global. It's it's Ink Global. You can pretty much find everything about them there and and their other uh, other businesses or sectors, I should say. Um, Simon, again, it's been an honor, and uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Samir El Kamuni here. Thank you so much for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. If you are a successful brand that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, please visit go.ecomgrowthleaders.com/podcast-guest. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. Ecom Growth Leaders is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. We've partnered with 100 plus brands and generated over 500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. We have tons of content over our, at our blog, fetchfunnel.com blog. And also some amazing ebooks like How to Crush Your Competitors and How to Produce High Converting Creative. Thanks again for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fetchfunnel.com or follow us on social. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.